So Christopher, it's now December. We're getting toward, we're in the holiday season officially. That means it's time for holiday treats. What is your favorite Christmas cookie? Oh, this is a good one. Go. This is a good one, and it is a non-traditional Christmas cookie, but it is a cookie that my mother specifically makes at Christmas. And it is that what, counts. What you would call a rainbow cookie and or a tricolor Italian cookie. Um, it is thin layers of almond uh, cake, and then in between is usually a jam. Um, do you know the difference between jelly and jam? Uh, one is with the juice and one is with the fruit itself. That's exactly it. Also, I can't jelly my dick in your ass, so that's another thing. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's my favorite. It's, uh, it's, it's like cake and, and, and jam, and then there's chocolate on the outside, and she always goes over the top with like how much chocolate there is. So it's like a three-inch cake and then a half an inch on each side of just covered in just like nice dark chocolate, and it's, I, I, they're, they're my favorite cookie. So that's a that's a that's a grasso Christmas cookie tradition. Cookie tradition, yes. Also, another thing that's kind of funny is I'm not a I'm a big cook, but I'm not a baker. There's a huge difference for me. Um, I am terrible at baking, but Christmas time, usually since we were kids, my sister and I always make some kind of a cookie before Christmas. And usually a tradition has been like with the leftover cookie dough that we can't shape into a full cookie, we make it into a baby Jesus in the nativity. <laughs> So we like shape like we shape like a little basket, like a little blanket, like a little head with like eyes and a nose. And we bake, we bake a little my, baby Jesus. I gotta say that uh, when it comes to this holiday season, the Jews really get shafted. Uh, being one myself, we have we have our, our latkes, and that's basically it, and some jelly donuts, and then that's that's all you get. I mean, Hanukkah is only a festival, but you know, that's that can, compared to the compared to yeah. the Christmas smorgasbord of food you get. It's like it doesn't even compare. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a big snickerdoodle uh, as well as the uh, I always forget what they're called, but the ones that the, the peanut butter cookies with the Hershey kiss on it. In oh, it. The th- a thumbprint cookie. Uh, whatever. Yeah, there's d- names for a different. Yeah, but those those two are my top two. And my sister, I, I can't remember the name of it. My sister I makes think a pretty dope sure it's a thumbprint. I don't I don't remember, but my sister makes dope peanut butter bars like. Dope with like cookies on the bottom, peanut butter, chocolate. It's incredible. Peanut butter blossom is what they're called. Peanut, peanut butter, butter blossom. blossom. That doesn't sound right. It's That's a what the internet just told me. All right, we'll take. I'll take it. I'll take it. But whatever it's worth, I'll eat whatever kind of cookie. Like it doesn't even matter to me. I'll eat them all. They're all my favorite. Um, at two thirty in the morning, especially. <laughs> Smoke weed every day. Good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Pining for Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ben Max, and with me, 
as they are every week, is Greg Marku and Chris Grasso. We'll get right into it. You know, this is the first time we've ever actually had a podcast directly after a football game. You usually don't get Wednesday football, but we'll take it. I'll take it, especially as a Steelers fan. Uh, it was a pretty brutal game to watch. It was a... Uh, not not fun, especially watching Bud Dupree break his ACL. But hey, the Steelers still won, so that's good. Not a lot of game implications in the game because most of our games were already decided, even with the ridiculous point totals that we'll get into in a few. And, you know, a crushing loss for me that dwindles my playoff hopes. But to be honest with you, it makes the rest of the season, this final week going into our f- fantasy playoffs, a lot more interesting. All six games have meaning this week. What, what what are your guys' quick hits from this past week? It was a, a lot of blowouts this week. A lot. Whether it was me and Echo, whether it was Deej having a historic fantasy week. The only close game really was, was the was the Jimmy and Ben game. That was the only one that had some some, some oh, so you know, painful. Everything else was, you know, more than 30 points was was the difference. Um so you know, very, very opposite of, of last of week 11 uh, is week 12. My big takeaway is there is a lot of storylines, like you said, going into this next week. There's a <clears throat> excuse me. There's a lot of people that have to win. There's a lot of people that have to win by a certain amount of points this week really set the table for next week. Uh, we've been saying it all season, but things change very quickly around this league. And these last four weeks of the season that we're getting in like this last is is really gonna really gonna solidify everything and it's kind of awesome to watch how close everything still is it's where it's still on a razor's edge you know yeah yeah and so uh, you know with that we'll just go right into the recap from the week and we'll start with my game which was a heartbreaker it was the broken clock corollary losing to the show me a td's 106 to 108.6 razor thin margins and I think I talked to you guys about this earlier in the week, but it, it's just painful. Grasso, you told this story about watching Leonard Fournette slowly crush your team. I think it was last week. I had a similar thing here, except I was crushed by my own decision. Early in the week when I knew that Joe Burrow would be out for the season, I thought I didn't think T. Higgins was going to be there. I put C.D. Lamb in because I knew we had the Thursday night game. He let me down with four points, and then I had T. Higgins in that flex spot going into Sunday and I overthought it. And I was like, you know what? I think Corey Davis is going to do better. He outperformed both of them. If I had changed either of those decisions, I would have won. If I had put the Ravens in, I would have won. If I put T.Y. Hilton in, which I wouldn't have done, or even Joshua Kelly in over CEH, there were a lot of things that I could have done to win, and I just didn't. You know, 106 isn't a bad score, but I could have done better. Kyler Murray didn't look like he was up to stuff. Zeke Elliott didn't look like he was up to snuff on uh, Jimmy's team, but he, he still had it going with a lot of his other players. Dallas Goddard really, really did it for him as well. I, you were so confident I, after the Thanksgiving yeah. between Thursday and Sunday, there was a, there was a, a stench of, of confidence coming through the text message or the, the, whatever chain we were on. You were so confident. You were saying, yeah, when I win this, you know, I, you know, next week, if I win, I'm in the playoffs. And I was like, it's not over, man. And, yeah. and it wasn't Jimmy, you know, CDH or CEH also really hurt you. Oh yeah. But no, it was bad. At that four o'clock game. Uh, that's how I feel about CEH right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, 
the the Chiefs is a is a one, you know one or two guys is going to get the the money you know every single week there. So um, it was a great game, and you know it was fun it was fun to watch and, and see Jimmy creep closer to you because you did you started out the week great with a uh, with a Deshaun Watson banking on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's that's a tough beat, you know. You don't expect Wayne Gallman to go off like he did. He's kind of been a gamble uh, the last couple of weeks, but it's kind of been playing well. Um, I know you made a couple of decisions that were just, just like, it's hard to make those decisions. CD lamb is arguably the right decision there. Who's thrown the ball to T Higgins, Ryan Finley. I mean, is that someone you really want to trust to get you some points? And it's hard. And it's also hard to look at Rodrigo Blankenship and his goggled face. And he put up two points for you this week. Um, And that's hard. He averages so many more and he's so consistent and to get two points from your kicker. Um, in a game that you lost by two points is kind of upsetting and kind of hard to look at. But there's not a lot that you can reframe on your team, I think. I think there's a lot of um, a lot of choices that you still got to make next week, and you got to put the same guys in. Right. You, you know, and if we had a kickerless league, I would have won this game. But we're not a kickerless league, and I don't think we ever will be. I don't want to be. But there's been talks about it. We're going to put a pin in this because I don't want to talk about my loss anymore. So we're going to go to – let's go to Grasso's game so he can share in the misery as well. So he went up Just again. bring me down. Just take me <laughs> into the stuck hole with you, buddy. Here we go. Down the vortex. Right. Yeah, exactly. He went up against the Vinzaloons who also you know, really needed to win or he would have been in a danger zone in terms of seeding where he could have been. He pulled it off, though, in a big way. 143.8 to uh to Grasso's I think this is your worst score of the whole season 83.65 I mean Dalvin Cook didn't show up for you uh Aaron Rodgers didn't you know you, you had um Adam Thielen out on the COVID list so that didn't help and your wide receivers weren't there and Vinny's team just stepped up really I think that's all there, there is for that yeah, I wouldn't have won this week even if I had my best players in. I mean, a lot of shit went down. Mark Andrews got COVID, so I had to pull him out. And my backup is Noah Fant. Um, and I don't know if you guys are familiar what happened to the Denver Broncos this week, but they did not have a quarterback to throw the football. Um, so putting in a tight end that I've been sitting on literally all year because I thought he could replace Mark Andrews in the time of need. I couldn't use him. Had to drop him. Pick up Kyle Rudolph, who's always a freaking gamble. Um, he did well for you, though. He did do well for me. He, he he was a gamble, but he did do well. I nobody besides Aaron Rodgers scored a touchdown on my team this week. It's really hard to win when you have so many players and nobody scores a touchdown. Yeah, you got to have at least something. And and I always think when you have when you have a game like this, and again, eighty three is not a bad low score for the season. It's the, it's my worst score of the year. Ben was right. Eighty three is the lowest score. This is my worst game, which isn't bad. But Vinny, again, Vinny scored the second highest points this week. He had a phenomenal week. And it's it's just one of those, you know, I think in a game like this, I'd rather score the 83 than score 130 and lose to a, to a game like Vinny had. Right. So, um, yeah, it was just Vinny. Vinny's team was great. Derek Henry, he literally is, is a monster. Um, and he was doing – like he, he had been kind of slump, – not slumping, but slumping by his standards. So he finally came back in a big way. I mean, he even he scored 143 points with Wilson and Lockett not connecting a lot, you yeah. know. So he it was a really great performance by Vinny's team, and, and Grasso just just got beat. 
And young Koo, this kid got cut twice from two different teams, and now he's on the Atlanta Falcons that shit the bed on everything, and he's ripping every single kick that's inside 50 yards. That's going to be one of the more surprising scores of the Here's whole cra- season. Here's the crazy thing, too. Matt Ryan only threw, like, a, for 183 yards or something like that, you know, because the Raiders were that bad that they were turning the ball over that much. We'll get we'll get to the Derek Carr incident uh, later in this podcast, but um, you know he, he, they didn't have to drive very far, and they just you know Koo was uh, you know on fire this week. You know that actually might be a good segue into our next matchup. Uh, so let's talk about the Wieners Wien Dogs versus the Big X Bashers again. Another game where both teams needed to win. If Eckel had won this, he would be in the driver's seat for making it to the playoffs, but he couldn't pull it off. If Doge, he had won this week, if he had won this week, he would be in the playoffs because you lost. That's true. That's our lost. Right. So that's something to think about too. It's- so yeah, but the score, so the, before we get into it, score was 82.35 for the big X bashers and 120.1 for the wieners, wien dogs. Uh, your team just played well. 120 is a great score. And as we mentioned with Derek Carr, if your quarterback scores 2.75 points, you're not going to win. You're, you're never going to win that week. And especially, you know, he had bet on Kareem Hunt early. And now that Nick Chubb's back, you can see that his touches and his use, usage is way down. Uh, his wide receivers still aren't doing it for him. It's going to be a tough final week for the Bashers to make it into the playoffs. And on the flip side, you know, uh, Doge, Justin Jefferson showed up in a big way in a week where Adam Thielen wasn't there, as we just mentioned. He's going to be back next week, though, so we don't know. I mean, Justin Jefferson's been kind of sporadic with how good his team's being, and you can't count on your defense to be scoring 18 points every week. In fact, if I, if I correct me if I'm wrong, you don't have a defense next week because both your defenses are on by. That's so, correct. I'm not so, worried about it. I mean, but your other defense, one of the best defenses in the league, did score negative two points on your bench. But still, that's where they're supposed to be, where they're scoring negative points. So it, it, it was a it was a good matchup for you all around. Yeah, I mean, I did luck out. You know, Carolina was a late pickup because they had, you know, I thought, I was like, ah, Kirk Cousins, you know, turns the ball over. Did, did I think that they were going to score two defensive touchdowns? Absolutely not. Um, you know, and, and, you know, again, this is my score without st- starting Eckler, who, you know, yeah. news was that he might not play. And then it was news that he wasn't going to get the full workload. He was on the field for 80% of snaps. So I'm feeling very confident with my team moving forward. Echo has to be concerned, though. He traded his top two receivers, and the return he's gotten has not been there. You know, he's, you know, you know, if he had played Debo, or if he had played Tannehill, he would have been closer, but I don't think he would have beat me still. Um you know, so I think Eckles got to be concerned. Again, I had a, I had a solid week, some you know solid performances. Nothing nothing too special. Um, well, the, it, Jeffers, the Jefferson play was nice with the two touchdowns. Yeah, Jefferson it, was huge for you, brother. Humongous. Yeah, and you know, it, with Drew Brees probably out maybe for the rest of his career, uh, he Michael Thomas does look like a terrible trade. Yeah. That really hurts him. That trade I said was for beans. Um, and it turns out both of them got beans. Um, just the way it shook out. Um, AJ is still going to be viable all the way into the playoffs, but the top half of Eckles team looks pretty weak. Uh, Claypool as, I mean, they play by committee. Essentially those wide receivers are all so good. Yeah. Um, I don't I see mean, the it. points are there, but not, no, there's no number one receiver on Pittsburgh. They're all number twos. Unless you have all three of them and you can play all three of them at the same time, you're not going to score enough points. Uh, I don't think Echo, if he makes it into the playoffs, I don't think he can go deep enough to win the championship. Um, what, what do we decide? Oh, he has the 10 is the 10th most 
points for or something like that. And it's, that's not good. I, I did. Yeah. I didn't do the, I didn't do the math yet for total points for, I was going to wait for ESPN to do it for me in the morning. Uh, Cause they, they won't, we won't process until Thursday morning, but I believe he's third. now. I think Keegan caught up or it's very, very close at that nine, 10 points for spot. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so let's talk about Keegan and Spencer's matchup then, since you mentioned Keegan. He uh, he did co- come back in a big way in now what's going to end up being for next week kind of mouth breather seating at three and eight. Uh, he scored 115.1 against the backsliding Spencer Sna- Sack Sniffers. I can never say his name right. That sack and the sniff is always difficult. 78.35. I mean, Josh Jacobs got injured. He got uh, the goose egg with John uh-huh. Smith. It's just a lot of mess, mess for Spencer's team. And, you know, Keegan had Duke showing up well. There's rumors that David Johnson may be coming back. He's starting to practice this week. Naeem Hines has still been playing okay. Even though he had negative points with his defense, uh, Allen Robinson there in his flex, again, shouldn't be a flex player, but, you know, he had a lot of production there. And Spencer's team yes. just not good. Yeah, it's, Keegan's team's looking really good. Keegan's um, team is really uh even though he moved kind of slid a little bit last week, uh, his consistency is really coming back up. Those Johnson boys, you can't really trust them. Uh, but that trade for Hines was really a good, um, was really a good move. That kid is really coming on and really becoming an important part of their offensive scheme for sure in Indianapolis. And as that team moves closer to the playoffs and the Super Bowl, they're going to rely on him more because Philip Rivers will crack under the pressure like he always does. Yeah, I mean, Janu was not targeted at all in the game. You know, it, it, Spencer's tight ends have been have been probably the weakest part of his team so far. Um, yeah, he just didn't have a good – again, like I said, Matt Ryan only threw for like 180-something yards. Yeah, he had a couple touchdowns. But still, like, he didn't have a great game, even though the team scored 43 points. Yeah. Yeah, and we talk about bad manager decisions all the time. If you look at Keegan's team, there's not a much – that he could have played better. I mean, he put Logan Thomas in over Jared Cook, which ended up being well. Correct me if I'm wrong, Logan Thomas passed for a touchdown this week. Didn't they have a trick play where he passed he threw, for a he threw He threw uh, the Wieners Wien Dogs, Terry McLaurin, a touchdown pass. Right. So, I mean, you know, then that never happens, but especially for a tight end, but it did. And so that was just a choice play for Keegan. So bravo to you. Well, uh, I mean, think about it. Roethlisberger, you know, he, you know, we talk about, you know, probably a better choice would have been would have been Wentz, but who's going to play Wentz over? Absolutely. Yeah, no, you you can't knock that decision. And I mean, it wasn't a pretty game. Pittsburgh, Baltimore is never a pretty game. I mean, he would have won even if they ended up canceling this game. So that was the calculated risk that he made. So, yeah. So any last comments, Grasso, before we move on to our final two matchups? No, but I mean, I'm a little nervous about Keegan moving forward because he's got He's got a couple of little holes that he has to fill up and re. I mean, who's he's gonna who's gonna play on defense next week? You know, you want the Browns out there on defense next week? I don't think so. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, so do you guys want to talk uh, preview of the mouth breather uh, championship or a preview of the actual championship first for our next two matchups? I always like saving the mouth breather for last. That's okay. just me. So let's talk about so the, probably the most combined points we have ever seen in a single matchup. The Fantasy Empire against Fitzmagic's 
uh, Fitzmagic. Now, both of them scored over 120 points. You're like, oh, this is a high-scoring game. Fitz scored 128.75, but that couldn't even come close to Deej's first time ever 200 point four points you heard me right 200.4 points his team right now is just marching and it, it really comes on the back of tyreek hill 56 points 56.4 points have you guys ever heard of a single player every quarterback included ever scoring more than 50 i can't think of it once so there's there's a there's a 65 point club in the fantasy football hall of fame or you know basically and, and there's only been 11 games where players have put, scored over 65 points and tyreek hill in after the first quarter was on pace to score like 80 fantasy points or even like 100 fantasy points if he kept on the same pace um, it, it was it was all in the first quarter first half basically it was unbelievable to watch. Deej's team was with, with you know, Chef Kiss um, mm-hmm. this week. And to give you some historical context here, the highest point total before this year in the league was Vinny's score last year at 168.65 points. The most every year has been about 160. Vinny then surpassed that this year uh, with, a, with a score of 185.9. So, so DJ scored the highest point total ever by 15 points almost now you're like oh greg and the guys at pfa you know what about half point ppr well we did the calculations if we took half point ppr away deej still would have scored 183 points 183.9 points which is the most ever by over 20 points he had the perfect fantasy week yeah and, and you know that's with two points from his kicker uh, and he still he still left some points on his bench somehow. He still could have scored more if he made different choices, but it doesn't matter. I mean, 200 points is just outrageous. That's the huge point that I want to make is Patrick Mahomes, James Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Tyreek Hill. They scored a lot. He scored a lot of points. And still he left points on his bench. You know, uh, he didn't play Tanyan. He played Jeske over Tanyan, which was a, it is a good call. He scored Jeske scored. 10.5 points, but still he left points on the bench. Chris's team really scares me going into the playoffs. It's very deep. Um, he's got Joe Mixon still sitting on the bench, coming back healthy. He's got four viable running backs. Two of his running backs are the entire offense for both of their teams currently, um, which is a huge fucking deal uh, when they get fed the ball 20 times a game, between 20 and 40 times a game. Uh, they're obviously going to score points like this. Maybe not 34 every week from Antonio Gibson, um, but they're looking, his team's looking strong. And the Empire, I think, is going to roll right into the playoffs. Well, I mean, this is when you start actually looking at who they're facing in, for the playoff matchups. So James Robinson it has to face Baltimore, or, or sorry, Tennessee, Baltimore, and Chicago two of which have some of the best run defenses in the NFL in Baltimore and Chicago. So that's a tough matchup. And then Antonio Gibson, I mean, he faces the Steelers next week, but then he faces at San Francisco uh, at home for Seattle and at home for Carolina. So those two, those defenses are not great. So one, one you're going to see James Robinson maybe fall back a little bit, but Antonio Gibson might be able to keep this up, but I don't think we're ever going to see 200 points again. So this is rare that we'll say this, but I just want to say congratulations, Deej, on a score that may never be broken. 
Yeah, I don't foresee this. Uh, he could have. There's very little that could have been done differently, and I don't think anyone will ever get this close. Tyreek Hill with 56 points and Patrick Mahomes with almost 40 yeah. is yeah. insane. It's absolutely I'm, insane. And that's I, 100 I between the two of them. I don't think we'll ever even get close to that ever again because that duo is insane. They have two of the top three receivers for yards on the Kansas City Chiefs right now. That's an incredible. That's incredible. That's an insane number. Right. So, and I'll just go throw because we haven't really talked about Fitz's team here. And sorry, Fitz, you did score 128, even oh, with a is... negative negative five from your Colts team. So yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen Fitz. negative five starting before. Fitz Fitz's team is still great. He would have beat uh, everyone. What, but Vinny or one other person? Like he yeah, would have beat. Th- he was third overall in the week. Yeah, he was third overall in points. He had a great team. Kamara still didn't show up this week, and he still had a great week. Montgomery showed up randomly, um, which I did not expect. Um, but Fitz still has a good team rolling into the playoffs and a very strong team. Um, I think Deej just got really lucky this week. Although Fitz did have a massive blow because he's going to be without Wolf Fuller for the rest of the season, who got suspended for PED use for six games. So that's he's wiped. He's gone. And that's a, that's one of his best players. So we'll see how that affects him going forward. All right, so we got one last matchup. It's our mouth breather preview, uh, which one of them may be our guest later, and we'll find out. You have to tune in and see. It's the Weekside Werewolves uh, continuing their rolling streak, uh, scoring 104.95 against the Moose Mayhem's 85.55. You know, there's not a lot of standout, just kind of like a workman workman type of win for dale here nick chubb again he needed him all season his team looks like a more well-rounded fantasy team after this and with keenan allen Devonte parker showing up it was it was just a good win all around for dale not a lot of bright spots for moose uh, i don't know washington's defense looked good that's that's what i can say huge nick chubb coming back gigantic nick chubb um has run in seven games this year He's, he's been healthy for seven games this year. Of those seven games, five games have been over 100 yards. Um, Nick Chubb is an absolute powerhouse. Um, I think he is going to float the weak side werewolves out of the Alba mouth breather hole. I think he's going think, to. I think Nick Chubb is the safety rope for this weak side werewolves. And he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna pull him from the deep. Yeah, I mean Moose's running back situation is um, probably the worst in the league. If we you know we talk about you know we were talking about Echo's wide receiver core not being you mean like Brian Hill. What's wrong with Brian Hill? I mean Brian Hill had it you know for being the the backup you know split in time with Edo Smith. Um, it was a gamble. That was a that was a fucking crapshoot, and it was six to one half dozen the other, and it just happened that Edo Smith got the ball a little bit more and got the right touches. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it shows how much his team relied on CMC. You know, he, Moose has been trying. He is the, he is the Tinker Bell. Um, you know, and and so Joey Tinks. It's he to me right now. Moose is my favorite for the mouth breather. Um, that would you know, or, you know, pre pre playoff call. That would be right now because again, Keegan's team looks like it's heating up. He's you know, we talked about David Johnson coming back. Dale's team again. He scored 104 points, and you know, again, I think you you said it perfectly, Ben. A workman like win for. Dale. Um, so yeah, that's four I, weeks in a row. Dale's winning four weeks in a row. I don't think he slows down. He made some really good moves. He made some really good trades. And I think Dale definitely pushes. 
Yeah. Also, you know, four weeks in a row scoring over 104 points. So he, he's getting hot at the right time. And some name just brand like wins there, too. Yeah. You know, uh, just so people know, in Alba land, Grasso's never actually been married. Nope, not, not even close. <laughs> so, all right. So we're going to switch up our reads this week. Uh, although we are going to have the pause for all hotline a little later, we are going to go into a little bit of an ad break, and we'll come back on the other side with some power rankings. Gentlemen. As every week, I would like to talk to you about one of my favorite companies um, that do a lot of work from the heart. It's Paws for All. They're leading the way in pet prosthesis with 3D printing and imaging to allow your pet to pounce to their full potential. Guests on the Pining Ford podcast are brought to you by the Paws for All Lego hotline. Any donations can be directed to the pawsforall.org. Uh, we also had a Cyber Monday sale for Paws for All, and it was wonderful. We had a parakeet beak at 65% off, so that was really a nice thing for the parakeets. Let's jump right into <laughs> Let's jump right in, boys. Let's All jump right. right into that power ranking because I, I, I'm a little sad this week. Uh, we've had some serious there's some movement. movement there's been some serious, serious movement, movement. Uh, upsetting movement um let's just movement. let's let's read it 12 to 1 and then we'll we'll read it, we'll we'll read it discuss. back to, we'll read it back to front all right so reclaiming the bottom mouth breather slot here is the moose mayhem at 12 yes like like that kid from hey arnold yeah we're getting that on the soundboard next week <laughs> uh keegan uh coming back up one spot to 11 uh we got dale's weak side werewolves at 10 spencer's sack sniffers at nine dropping a few spots eckle who somehow still has a shot at the playoffs is in eighth place my broken clock corollary at seven doge's wiener wean dogs at six jimmy show you show me your tds at five and wait a second out of the top spot for the first time since we've done the power rankings is Grasso's two beers too deep at four. The the masterful imperial fantasy empire dia of the De Gregorios is at three. Uh, even though he beat Fitz, we still can't. He's still on the outside looking in for that first round by. So we have Fitz at number two, and just you know, really getting hot at the right time. We have a new number one this week. By the way, he was our guest last week on the podcast, so maybe that had something to do with it. It's Vinny's Vinzaloons at number one. What do you guys think of this power ranking? He always, and he, I mean Vinny, always gets hot at the right time. It's 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 just a fact of life. If we're playing fantasy football around this time, Vinny's team starts looking good. I don't know what god he has sacrificed his soul to. Um, you know, whether it's John Madden or whether it's you know Jerry Rice, he has sacrificed his soul to be this good at this late of the season every year. He is a perennial winner. He has won the championship three separate times. We don't this, need to remind everybody about that. I, I will. I will. I'll remind everybody because it's a little bit fucking embarrassing that there's 12 people in this league and the same guys one of three. He's that good though. He's very lucky. He, he picks players that have longevity at the end of the season that are on good teams that will make it push and only get better. And Derek fucking Henry, you know, 
Yeah. Again, when, when you can have someone that has that prolific of a score in fantasy week to week, that's what, that's what really makes a difference. And Vinny has that. His, he had a very good draft. He's made very good moves so far this season. And I think Vinny is a favorite to win the Alba a, a fucking again. I mean, it's going to be, honestly, whoever makes it to the playoffs, even the number six seed because of the way our season's been, anybody can win it this year. We've seen it, Grasso, you were number one for so long, and then your wheels, I mean, just players start getting hurt. Anybody, one injury, if Derrick Henry's leg breaks, that's Vinny's season right there. You know, even he put in Benny Snell for James Conner, and neither of those running backs have been great. It's all about the matchup. It's all about how your players play that week. So anything can still happen. Granted, his team has been great. Fitz's team's been great. DJ's team has been great. So any anything can happen. I mean, even Jimmy at five almost lost to me this week. Yeah, and Vinny last week talked about how he thinks Fitz is a six and, was a six and five team, and you know, you know, you know, being an eight, you know, you know, parading as an eight and three team. I think DJ's team, you know, he's what seven and five now. He to me, he's a he's a nine and he's a nine and four team parading as a, or whatever though you know nine eight and four eight and four or nine and three team parading as a as a seven and five team i think he's t- his team's a lot better than his record mm-hmm. you know maybe he's you know again i gotta look at the, the data to see who he's coming up against but when we dri- when we dripped into the data last week it was he finished on average in his loss with the third or average third place points so he was losing to the top every week so all of his losses are versus someone that has scored an immense amount of points. He is a very good team, and it's only getting healthier. He's got Joe Mixon sitting on the bench just waiting to come back. Oh, and by the way, as we're talking about this, about who you play, the fourth least amount of points that people have been scored against, Vinny has had the least amount of points scored against him. Jimmy has had the second. Fitz has had the third. And Grasso has had the fourth least. And then Deej has had the fifth. So all of our top teams have had the least amount of points scored against them. So, I mean, it, 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 it's about who you play. A lot of it's very, part of it. Very interesting. And then you got Echo, who has the fourth or the third or fourth the highest points for. And he probably has what? I, didn't, I don't have the standings up, Ben. Tell me, how, tell me where he is on, on the points against. Points against, he's actually had quite a few points scored against him. He's, uh, he's seventh. He's kind of hovering there in the middle. I mean, granted, it's, uh, it's all close. When we're talking between Grasso and Eckel, there's only a 30-point spread between the two of them, and that's four different spots. So it's all right in the middle there. But yeah, and like I we keep saying, this league is tighter than it's ever been before. There's more activity, more people really care and aren't checking out, except for Spencer, essentially. So everybody, anybody can still win, except for Spencer and Keegan. And Dale. And Dale. And Moose. And Moose. <laughs> then everybody else can still win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but say that there's still eight people out of 12 that out of eight, eight people can win this league right now. Theoretically, there are not, eight. If you include Spencer, nine. Because yeah. he, if he has a mathematically, he has an ability to get in the, into the playoffs. Yeah. So there's nine teams that have a chance to win the championship going into that's week a close. That's a close. That's a close fucking league. That's really close. And that just, that speaks to the fact that. Are we all like getting better at fantasy football? I would like to see if our league went up against like another 12 man league, if like how our decisions would rank. You know what I mean? Like 
how our weekly points would did our league make the right choice you know what i mean right like like yeah yeah get the points for and look at another 12-man league and see the half point ppr who's there exactly Uh, yeah so that kind of wraps up our power rankings discussion here so we're going to do one final ad read before we bring on this week's guest and we actually have a special guest doing the ad read so if you're on the line special guest take it away hello i come to you with a number 15 that is the week in which the moose mayhem need to pull out all the stops to get a victory now you're probably saying Moose, what about week 16? I'll tell you this. Last year, my post-Christmas gift was coming just short of winning the Alba. You really think I want to be crowned mouth breather in the same week, one year later? These messages continue to be paid for by the Moose Mayhem until the powers that be decide to void my contract. All right, so coming on this week, speaking to us as the, the possible mouth breather, is the one and only Joe Fermusa. What is this, Twin Peaks? For those of, for those of you listening to the podcast, uh, Joe Fermusa uh, on, on the Zoom call is currently uh, using uh, our, our very own Alba Vargas as his background. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Is that good luck or, or could it be bad luck, Joe? Listen, at this point, it really doesn't matter. I'll take anything. I'll try anything. Uh, uh, rabbit's feet, I don't know. Well, we'll see. Okay. So, uh, Joe, you entered this season with high hopes. You finished second last year. That means you got to choose your own draft spot. Now, you opted to ju- choose in the first spot. Now, you you had you had the second choice, and I think the first choice was third or fourth. Correct me if I'm he, wrong. Uh, Fitz went fourth. Okay. Yes. So, if you did it all again, would you A, choose Christian McCaffrey again, and B, would you choose the draft first again? Um, knowing what you know now, both, no, both definitely no. Mm -hmm. Um, actually going into the season, I was actually hovering around considering the second or third position because I thought that Fitz was going to go number one and then Fitz went four. And I'm like, you know what? At this point, McCaffrey's out there. I should take him. That's, that was it. That was the reasoning. I was really high in Derrick Henry going into the season. Um, but then I think when we shifted to, I don't, I don't can't remember if I chose my draft position either before the, uh, the summit or afterwards, it was definitely before, um, I don't know. There was something about Henry. I just didn't think he was going to have, you know, the same type of season again. Um, number one was just sitting there. So I went, I, with I'm, it. I'm right there with you. I, I, I shit on Vinny all, all the, during the draft about drafting Henry because he only had 18 receptions and we were all wrong. Yeah. Obviously. I just, I, I don't know. It's, I mean, in hindsight, yeah. Would I take McCaffrey again? No, I thought he was, he had yet to, he'd yet to go down for a game going into the season. And that's what I was, that's what I was rolling on. So I did my research. I knew what I was doing. <laughs> that's always the, uh, that's always when, whenever you pick first and that it doesn't pan out, it's, it's always the way it is. It, it's always that regret. It's even in the NFL. If you have a first round draft pick and you select a first round draft pick, I mean, look at the draft a couple of years ago. You got Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. They went yep. later. Lamar Jackson was the 32nd quarterback chosen. 
I mean, it's it's all about the regret because the first pick has all of that hype built, everything built into that first pick. And if that first pick falls flat, it's all of that regret. If you had to pick again where you could pick in the in the lineup, where would you pick, Joe? Like what would I would you- probably pick where I picked last year, 10, 11, 12 in that area because the drop in value that I did not think um, – Yeah. The drop pick- in value between one and two hurt quite a bit. Yeah, especially you when you, and then you pick 24th. Yep, especially when you lose – your first round pick. Yeah. And that's, but I always think like that, like the people who are struggling right now, I mean, basically besides Dale, Dale's just his, his second round pick was Lamar Jackson. He hasn't been good. Yeah. Um, But but, you know, you Keegan, even though even Spencer and and myself and, and you know, Ben, we've had some serious injury issues. So I I always think regretting who you draft because they got injured is different than regretting who you drafted because they sucked. So like Dale has more regret because Lamar sucked. We're seeing, yeah. you know, freak injuries happen all the time. So you can't, you know, you can't, you can't predict that. And so I, I, I understand the pain, but I think CMC was the unanimous number one pick across everybody who'd play. He might be again ball. next year too. Oh, probably. I mean, we'll see how the season pans out. I, I truly hope that, you know, they choose to, uh, they opt to not shut him down. Um, there was talk of that, uh, you know, for the fantasy playoffs. I personally would not like that because, you know, you could punch my ticket now. Um, but yeah, the writing was on the wall week one when I lost my what would have been a weekly flex or even an RB2. Marlon Mack went down, what, probably one quarter in? Oh, I forgot about Marlon Mack. So, yeah, no, yeah. it started there. It was not McCaffrey. It started with Mack. Then it was McCaffrey. Then I lost Zach Moss for three weeks. OBJ went down. Yeah, it it wasn't just McCaffrey. It was bad. And that's so, how you've been Joey Tinks. You've been trying to fill all these holes, dude. Well, here it, I mean Joey Joey Tinks got it done last year. I mean, I I without a doubt, even the year before when, you know, I had made, you know, a very questionable trade at the beginning of the season and then, you know, crawled my way out and made a lot of moves, made a lot of waiver uh pickups and you know just missing the playoffs a couple years ago but i did the same thing last year my strategy hasn't changed it's just you know like you said chris just a lot of holes to fill and just not enough you know not enough out there to fill them with you're you're bailing out the boat and it's just filling up just yeah, a little it's fast. you yeah. get close you get close every week but you're 10 or 15 points short that would yep. be there if you had your top stars that you drafted yep you're in. using cups instead of buckets yes yep oh 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 well, in this case, uh, Cooper Cup. So, <laughs> yes. Hey, hey bada bing. So, speaking of Joey Tinks, you know, where do you find the time to do all of this tinkering? And where do you do your best tinkering? Um, I, you know, whether I'm sitting, I'm either sitting at work, I do a lot of it at home. It comes a lot when I'm reading stuff and I, you know, You'll, I'll make like three to four just moves in like a 10 minute period just because I realize I picked someone up, but I, you know, they're crap. I probably shouldn't take them. Let me, um, let me, let me stop you there, Joe. You're the guy that annoys me the most because you, yes, pick, I know that because you'll pick up a guy on a, on a Friday and then you'll be like, oh, never mind. And you'll drop him on Friday night or Saturday. 
that person then goes on the waiver wire and is not eligible to be picked up until the following week. So I go in, I go, oh, cool, you know, oh, uh, Cordell Patterson, I'm having running back problems. I can throw him in. Oh, wait, someone picked him up on Friday and dropped him on Saturday. Now I can't pick him up. So boo on you, Joe. Uh, that's not accidental. Um, case in point, Adrian Peterson. So I was, I was not chess out here. We're just playing fucking checkers. I was not going to start Adrian Peterson, but I knew you would have needed someone like him. So yeah, I took him, stashed him on my bench, and I dropped him last week. The right queen's gambit the th- out here. Right before the Thanksgiving game, so you couldn't start him again. <laughs> All right, the devil, so the devil over there showed up on Thanksgiving. Let's just talk. About oh him. yeah, I I don't All know right. why I don't know why I dropped him. I'm trying to I don't know who I picked up for him, but that may have been a bad mistake on my part. All right, Joe, real talk here. Oh, will man. you will you be the mouth breather this season? Uh, it's it's looking like it. Um, but again, you know, if if the guys on my roster show up like they can, like, you know, we had we talk about value for McCaffrey, right? I've had trade offers all season that were not up to snuff in terms of the value that I thought McCaffrey had. McCaffrey came back first week, had what, 35 points? in that vicinity after like a six week absence. The week you played me, the week you played me. Yeah. Yeah, There's your value. So, and that's the value. And that's, you know, I wouldn't say that's his ceiling. I mean, that's his ceiling, but like, you know, you could get a good 20, 25 points out of him weekly. I mean, if if Mike Davis was still, still the same thing that, yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what happened with that. I mean, I think they tried to bring in Samuel a little too much. Anyways, back to, back to that. So, if the guys I have on my roster, you know, perform the way they're supposed to, Josh Allen was literally a top three quarterback, what, first four weeks of the season, then kind of fell off a cliff, kind of coming back. Cooper Cup, if he can have a 20 point, you know, game like he did a couple weeks ago. Curtis Samuel, if he is the guy again. Hunter Henry is like second in targets to Keenan Allen. Like these are all guys that can show up. They just all have to show up at the same time, the same week. And week 15, I said it in my ad, there's a lot of good matchups for all the guys. As Greg would say, there's not a single red for any of them in my week 15 matchups. So so speaking of going into, obviously you're going to be in the mouth breather playoffs. Correct. Where's your, where's your win coming from? Is it Dale? Is it Keegan? Is it the four headed monster of Spencer, me, Doge or Eckle? Who, who do you think you can win against? Who worries you the most? Um, hmm. Who does worry me the most? Cause there's a lot of scenarios there where you could, yeah. You could be, I mean, no, nothing, ag- nothing against Spencer. But, yo, Spence, your team management's starting to show. Like, you have a great team, and you're slipping, man. Like, we're lucky you listen to this podcast. You changed your 49ers defense finally, like, three weeks ago, you know. Like, um, I don't know if that's it. I it Two years ago, I beat him in the mouth of either playoffs because I think he made a, you know, a, a kind of a not-so-great decision. That got me out of it. So, I don't know. It's really the bottom half is anyone's is anyone's game, really. Who scares you the most? Who scares me the most? If I'm looking at the bottom half right now, okay, definitely not Keegan. Watch, Keegan will probably beat me. Doge, if you have a healthy Eckler and and a healthy Sanders, I mean, but then again, Dale's sneaking out wins. So he's got four in a row, Joe boy. Yeah, he's got Dale's four sneaking four out wins. Row. Now, you know, if Eckle loses this week and 
he's going to be in the mouth breather, basically, because it's because yeah. what somebody has to win between me and Greg, Marku. So you know, one of us is going to end up in the playoffs. I think as long as Vinny beats Eckel. So how do you feel about facing Eckel? Uh, I feel all right about facing Eckel. I think when I faced him a few weeks ago, I had like a seventy-five point effort. So it's not even like you know what I put out there was really you know any kind of a. Uh, any kind of a competition. I mean, he's got Aaron Jones, Chase Claypool's like part of a three-headed monster. So anyone can pop at any point. He had what, eight points today. Mm-hmm. Is he still starting Derek Carr who had barely three points? Like he got pulled Ronald, out of the game. Yeah. I mean, Ronald Jones is solid. Kareem Hunt can be solid, but again, Nick Chubb's still there. Same thing uh, with Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is sharing time with a lot of people. Yeah. So it's, it's, Echo is beatable, yes. But again, my my team has to show up the way they can. You know, they Grasso has said it about my team many times over the past few weeks. They all have very they can boom or they can, you know, just show up, but they can also fall flat. So. All right. I got I got a rapid fire question for you and then a final question. Okay. So I know you're embracing the possibility of being the mouth breather. Uh, you you've kind of you've kind of made, brought on that persona, but let's be real here. What would you not want to be called if you're the mouth breather? What would, what would make you look at your team and be like, oh fuck these bastards? Uh, the name that I put in the chat earlier today that I don't want to say out loud. <laughs> Please don't say that. We're not going to make that. that. I be, because that's really bad. No, you that's guys really can ask. You guys can. No. You guys probably have like four names lined no. up already. You can call me anything. We got like, some, we got in, some bad stuff lined up. It's not going to be as bad as that. It's going to no, be no, little, no, 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 little, no, 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 no. Yes. More than, than that. <laughs> I, that I don't know what it was. I was sitting. I was sitting at work, and I'm like, oh my god, that just popped into my head. I'm like, ah, oh, that was a terrible name. It was so what? bad. It was very bad. Well, well, well we picked that person out of the league since. So. Yes, we did. Yes. <laughs> uh, not, not for that. Although maybe do you have. Do you, you don't have any. You don't have any like high school, high school nicknames that that my you, high school. You you know my high school. Not nickname. not like, not a bad one. You had a. No. You didn't no. Have, everybody fucking loved you, didn't they? I mean. Nobody, I, I don't want to. I don't want to go that far, but you know, I. You want to go that far, but nobody. Had, have to like, do some investigative journalism. Start hanging out on the island and figure out. Hop hog. You're gonna find these guys in the street corner just smoking well, cigs and be like, right. we'll, find, we'll, we'll send the guys down for PFA to do some research. Oh my god! Right. God bless. So, so, so one last thing here. So, if for people who don't know, you are our mysterious benefactor who's been keeping the uh, the podcast alive with buying an ad read for us for the whole season. That's correct. So, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Can we expect you to buy an ad for the Pining Four podcast next year and keep us afloat for one more season? Uh, next year, yeah. Are we talking about the same rate? Uh, we we may need to go ne- to negotiate because our market's a little bigger now. Depends on the supply and demand of the of the market uh, next <laughs> next year. It depends on the economy's doing. Yeah, I mean, we want to get real instruments for our uh, intro song, and you know, maybe a real soundboard. So we'll 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 talk. But so just keep that in mind. If it's, I, mean, I told you guys already. Like, if it's an investment to you know get this out there and put it on something, you know, I know you guys already divvied up my uh my winnings or not my winnings, my uh my payments already contribution. Thank you. I can't think of the word. 
Um, yeah, I'll do it's it again next year. I, I hit writer's block every now and then. Like, I think I wrote this week's ad about an hour ago. So <laughs> I, you, you've been right under the gun for, for a few weeks now, but yeah. okay. So we're, we're going to move into some peak picks this week. You want to stick around, do some picks with us? Absolutely. Okay, so uh, we're going to do a little different this week since the playoffs are right around the corner. We're going to mention the matchup, and then we're going to talk about the playoff scenarios that could happen, and then we'll go into the picks. So we're going to start with the ones that really don't have any playoff implications. So normally we save the guests' matchup for last, but to be honest with you, Moose, your, your and Fitz's matchup has the least amount of playoff implications. I mean, all Fitz needs to do is win, and he's he gets the first round by. Uh, if he, you know, that's all he needs to do. You're you're in the mouth breather by basically no matter what. So that being said, looking at your two teams, <laughs> I don't see a path for victory for you next week. It's it, there's there's a lot of holes on your team. He's st- he's I mean, I know Will Filler's not coming back this week, so you can't expect him. And Mike Evans is on a bye, but there's just too much firepower for uh, for Fitz's team. So I'm going with Fitz. Grasso, what do you think? Joe, I've said it before. I'll say it again. You got a good team. Uh, you have a lot of power right now, but Fitz can fill those holes. And I think Fitz is going to come through with the win again. I'm sorry, Joe. All right, uh, Doge. I, I'm going to pick Joe for this one, and it's only because I don't have faith in the fantasy gods that they're not going to give Christy Gregorio the bye. That is, that is my choice. Um, I think Fitch is losing his co- – That's a good idea. Fitch is losing his top two receivers. He's losing his – for this week, and he's losing his quarterback this week. Granted, he has Newton, who can have a good game. He's got Alshon on his bench who can have a solid game. He's got, you know, Sterling Shepard who can hop in. He's questionable right now. Mm-hmm. I just think Moose is going to pull it out because the fantasy gods want to give Deej. Again, I think he sold his soul to another fantasy god that's different than Minnie's. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, my right, God. And, and Joe, uh, are, who are you going with? I mean, you talk about holes. So I'm looking at the box score, right, where it says, you know, who has the advantage – you know, in between Mike Evans, who will be on a bye next week, still has the advantage over Cooper Cup for some reason. So literally there's a giant hole of green check marks next to my team. Um, Doge has a point. Uh, this could be a week where, you know, the guys show up and, you know, do what they're supposed to do. But I'm starting Brian Hill again for the second straight week. So, you know, who are we kidding here? Um it, I think it'll be a tight matchup, but I do think Fitz will pull this one out. Low key, and I think Fitz probably knows this as well. Fitz and I, since I started the league, have actually been like under the radar rivals. We play each other twice a year. We were in the championships last year, and the record has been pretty even over the po- course of the past few seasons. So, you know, moving forward, I wonder if that's a matchup to obviously not this year, but moving forward, I wonder if that's a matchup to look at. I think, you know, this might be something for the pining for analytics team to look at for next year. We'll do interns before, get on that. Yeah. Yeah. But before the season starts, we'll do like a rivalry uh, setup because every year we play the same two teams twice. So it'll be good to look at. So, okay. So Joe, just to recap, you picked fits to win or your yes. Yes. Okay. Fits. All right. So we got three for Fitz, one for Moose. Oh, I didn't mention this, by the way. Uh, for last week, 
uh, Doge, myself, and Vinny went four and two. Grasso, as he usually does, went three and three. And then what we're going to have some uh, tabulations uh, at the end of this week to see who won the regular season picks. Okay, moving I on. Been, I just want to let everybody know I've been so average my entire life, and I'm okay with being three and three. It's passing, right? That's fine. I mean, 50% is not passing. 50%. 50% is not passing, but my picks overall, I'm sure, is just like is like 62%. Yeah, you're, not, you're not underwater. That's true. Exactly. We, none of us have been that bad. Okay, so we're going to move on to a matchup that really, uh, again, the only thing that's at stake here is the buy. <laughs> we're looking at two beers too deep versus show me your TDs. And at first blush, you think, okay, this is going to be a close matchup. The, these teams are really evenly matched. They're, uh, Jimmy's going one direction. He's 9-3 and three now. Uh, Grasso's team is slipping a little bit at eight and four but you've been the number one team the whole season but then you look at all of the matchups that are going on here and beyond aaron Rodgers and dalvin cook it's a pretty steep drop off here you, you might get julio jones back this week you might you might be putting in mike andrew or mark andrews but I don't, th- I don't see where the firepower is to come over Jimmy's team. He, like Vinny, is getting hot at the right time. So I'm going with the TDs and Jimmy's team. Joe, what do you think? Um, this is a tough one. As I look at this, I mean, if I'm just looking at the the matchups and the and the starters that we got here, I mean, Gio Bernard. And the whole Cincinnati offense is like crumbling to shambles. Uh, I mean, will Miles Gaskin be back from the IR? Chris, that might help you a little bit. Um, that bitch, Miles Gaskin. Yeah. It, it in all honesty, I think Dallas Goddard, Kyle Rudolph, kind of the same, same guy. I mean, Amari Cooper, he's got Andy Dalton back, so that's at least decent. But I mean, Stefan Diggs, he didn't see a target last this past week until the second half so either he's got to wake up and Allen has to throw the ball accurately or Grosso's in trouble so just based on that because I have a feeling against San Fran that might happen again I might have to go with uh Jimmy this week on this all right and Doge what do you think yeah so before we go we didn't talk about the playoff implications here um so for in this oh, yeah, matchup, yeah, it was, it's about first round buys no, but you want, I want to go into detail with okay. these. Then we got it. We got to go. If Jimmy wins, he clinches the bye. He finishes at ten and three. Phenomenal, best record in the league. If Grasso can clinch a bye, if he wins and Vinny loses, or if he wins and if Vinny wins, but he has to maintain a hundred and twenty-five point two points lead over Vinny. So basically, if Grasso wins, he gets the bye no matter what. Jimmy wins, he gets the bye. So Vinny's going to shop, but he needs a Deej week, and he needs the he needs a classic Vinny to Vinny versus Keegan from Week 11 uh, to 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 not get the buy. That being said, Jimmy's team is too strong. I'm going with Jimmy. All right, Grasso. I have a feeling based on your previous picks, I know who you're going to pick. But why don't you go ahead? Wild card, bitches. I'm going with myself this week because I need the extra umph. Um, I don't know, man. I gotta. Maybe stream of defense. I'm not sure. Um, I think probably Colt McCoy is not going to be good. 
he is the giant starting quarterback. So I kind of just like locked into that Seattle defense, which is statistically the worst defense in the history of the NFL right now. Um, Worse than the Jets? Literally, statistically, they've given up more yards than any other team in the history of the NFL. And they're on pace to like, like insane numbers on pace. But like currently right now, they are shitting on everybody else's record for being super bad. Um, Matt Prater didn't show up again this week, which really makes me nervous again. Probably going to get rid of him. Um, there's a lot of things that need to get shoveled around. Thielen is coming back in. Uh, Kyle Rudolph is out. Um, Mark Andrews is coming back in. The flex is probably going to take a change. Uh, I look over at Jimmy's team, and it's a very good team. Uh, Carson is back. He looked great. He's that kid. He's a brick shit house. Um, Kyler Murray looks fantastic as usual. Mark Actually, Kyler, Kyler Murray ha- did not look great last week. He only scored nine points. He's got a shoulder issue right now. No, but he's going to look fantastic. Okay. I'm sure he's going to come back just fine. No, no. You think he's questionable? It says questionable here. I didn't watch the game. I didn't see how he threw. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to just be honest. Okay. You know, actually, I'm looking at the score. I'm going to do something rare. Now I'm looking at these players a little more. I'm going to change my choice. Uh, I am going to change my choice from the TDs to two beers too deep. And let me tell you why. First, there is the Adam Thielen situation. He's coming back and he's going to come back with a vengeance. That's a big deal. Dalvin Cook. Jefferson do well on account. Watching Thielen sitting at home, watching Jefferson do well is going to break him and he's going to come back on fire. I I don't. So you mentioned Kyler Murray. Yeah, he has a shoulder issue and the Rams defense looked embarrassed last week. So they're going to come back to play real strong, I think. And I think depending on who you put in in your tight end spot, I think you're going to go with Mark Andrews because you don't want to have three Minnesota players playing at once. He He's going to come back big for you. I'm switching my pick. I'm going with two beers too deep. First time ever, but I don't care. Uh, right. So now we're – so what I'm going to do here, I'm going to name the matchup, and I'm going to have Doge. You're going to do, do the deep dive into the stats, and then I'll make my pick. So next one, we're going to be talking about the keys to success and the weak side werewolves. What are we looking at? It's, so, mouth, it's mouth breather stuff, basically. Yes. So, well, no, it, it's a um... – I'm sorry. I pulled up the wrong match. There it is. Um, so Spencer can still clinch a playoff berth. He has a very outside chance. If he wins and I win and outscores me by 93.65 points and Echo loses and he contains his lead against the Bashers. So he needs a lot to happen. Again, he needs a huge week. He can also win if you win, Ben, again, in our matchup, but with a less points, only 77 points needed over you. Um, and again, to contain Eckle to lose and to contain that matchup. Um, otherwise, he's in the mouth breather playoffs. Um, if Deej wins with the Fantasy Empire and Fitz loses, he then can get the bye, that first round bye, if he can keeps that eight point, um, point difference. So he has an outside shot at a bye. He did. He took the lead in points. Well, again, I, we talked about his historic scoring week. He made up a seven, almost a seventy-point gap. Wait, hold on, Greg. I think you skipped a matchup. We were talking about Keegan and the weak side werewolves. I apologize. I did skip a matchup. So let's do, let's do that one then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's okay. Let's do, let's do the the fantasy empire and the sack centers, snippers. Sorry. Continue. Yes. So again, if if Deej wins and Fitz loses and and. Uh, as long as Fitz doesn't score more than eight points, uh, more than, than Deej, Deej will get a bye. Um, so that'll be big there. Um, so, again, Spencer with an outside shot. 
uh, of making the playoffs. Deej with a uh, not so outside shot with a decent shot of making that first round bye. So, okay. All right. So let's talk about that game. I'll start it off. Obviously, we know uh, Deej's team had a historic week, an historic week last week. Uh, they're not going to reproduce 50 points, but 20 points from Tyreek Hill, 30 points from Patrick Mahomes, very doable. James Robinson is the entire offense in Jacksonville, as we talked about earlier. Antonio Gibson is getting the yards there. I don't, you know, even though Spencer has an okay team, I don't see him getting it over on on Deej. And he's favored by 20 points right now with all of their best stars starting. So I am going with the fantasy empire, Grasso. Tell me what you think. I know it's very important what I think, and I know everybody really cares about my opinion and generally appreciates it, so I'm going to give it to you. Um, Spencer Snack Sniffers, the Sniffers, um, they've been doing well the last few weeks. Um, I've, I've talked very highly about them. Um, I think this game is going to be closer than we think, um, but I do know that the Fantasy Empire is going to come out with a win for sure. There's just too much firepower on that team. He's got too many rugged running backs to pl- plug and play next week. If uh, Joe Mixon comes back healthy, it's there's too much. Um, and I'm sorry, but the sniffers are probably going to lose that game. Going with the empire. All right, Joe. <laughs> Deej has that team where he just had patience with a few guys and that paid off. I mean, Raheem Mostert back from IR pays dividends in your flex spot. Antonio Gibson, you know, finally coming into his own, even though he had a really good, you know, hefty dose of that offense. I mean, this past week on Thanksgiving, he showed what he can do. James Robinson is a stud. Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. I mean, this is one of those teams that I know a lot of us had questions going into the season and really came into its own, you know, through trades and whatnot uh, near the end, which seems to be the case every year with him. As some kind of, you know, clairvoyance or whatnot. Um, Spencer, I mean, Josh Jacobs. How long are we thinking Josh Jacobs is out for? Definitely at least this coming week, right? At least a week, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Josh Jacobs really... Darrell Henderson, I've been reading, is droppable. Like, I mean, you should not be starting any one of those Ram joining backs. I mean, I think I had Malcolm Brown twice and have since dropped him twice. So, I mean... The only bright spot in Spencer seam is Devontae Adams, you know, and I mean, you can count on him for points, but you know, John o. Smith has fell off the face of the earth. DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, fine. But yeah, I just don't think it'll be enough for the sniffers of the sacks this week. Um, Spencer, dare I say it? Welcome back to the mouth breather playoffs. All right. So you're going with the fantasy empire. Correct. All right. And Doish, are we making it a clean sweep? I think um, Deej is going to sacrifice a goat or a lamb, possibly a, a, a large pig, um, to the fantasy football gods. I think you will pull it out. I can't tell if he's blowing the mic or he's trying to be Darth Vader. Uh, but I'll pick Deej, obviously. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, Great. Chris. Okay. So it, it, it's, it's a clean sweep, uh, as expected. So we're going to move on to the one we were supposed to do first, but you know, whatever. So it's the weak side werewolves versus the keys to success. Are the, there's only mouth breather implications here, right? It's That's for the mouth correct. breather, Brian. 
That's correct. We are, we are, we're, you know, you know, guys, we're not a professional podcast here. We make mistakes. <laughs> uh, so yes, I see. I like this matchup more because I think that mouth breather buy is underrated. Uh, you know, that getting that buy is really bad at the mouth breather playoffs because then you only have two chances to win. And this is basically a winner gets three chances. A loser, the loser gets two chances. So whoever loses this game clinches at least the 11th seed, possibly the 12th seed, depending on the point situation with Joe. Um, but, you know, the loser gets the mouth breather by winner gets the 10th. Yeah. So that being said, you know, there's a lot of buys in this game. Uh, Dale has to deal with Teddy Bridgewater, but I think Lamar Jackson will be back for that Monday game or Tuesday game. It is against Dallas. So that's going to be a boon for him. He does have Leonard Fournette going on a buy, and his next best running back is Devin Singletary, maybe Boston Scott. Uh, one of those two is going to do it for him. And Keegan, he, he's losing DJ Moore, but he can plug in. I mean, he's going to probably bump up Allen Robinson and bring him back in and maybe plug in Melvin Gordon, maybe plug in KJ Hamler, whoever the hell that is. I don't know what well, one of those guys uh, is going to be plugged in there, but looking at the team, I think, honestly, I think Dale is going to keep rolling and I'm going to go with the weak side werewolves. Uh, Doge, what do you think? I concur with that statement. Um, but Dale's hot right now. He's going to be able to make the moves again. Lamar should be back from the COVID IR. Um, He's got some running back problems. There's a couple running backs on the wire that you can pick up. Um, I just think Dale's going to pull it out. I think he's going to win six in a row and be done. And uh, all right, Joe, what do you think? I mean, I think we said it last week. I think I might repeat it on paper. On paper, Keegan's team might be the weakest in the league. I'm pretty sure I'm 12th in the power rankings. I don't know. I didn't hear them. uh, I didn't hear them coming in. Um, But, you know, yeah, Dale is Dale's rolling. He yeah, he needs he needs Lamar back and he needs Lamar to, you know, perform at Lamar standards. Uh, Devin Singletary's an RB, too. And that's coming from a, uh, you know, a Zach Morris truther. Yeah, but still, I mean, I think I think Dale can can keep rolling. Um, I'm going to go with Dale. Do we, do we know what the, uh, oh, actually no, Grasso, you had what, like an, a seven game win streak at some point this year. Do we know what the record is? Can the PFA guys find out? It was, it was, seven, it was six, six games, seven games. I think, I think yeah, my six. first season, I won 10 in a row. Oh my yeah. God. Ten in a row, your first season. Fuck, I we mean, were bad at fantasy. I, 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 I won 11 and two that year. I would, yeah. I really, I steamrolled everybody. Yeah. Holy shit. Are you, are you that smart or we were just that dumb? What, yeah, what is a little bit of ball? You never said it, Ben. <laughs> it's a little bit were of you? both. It's a little bit of both. It was like, well, we didn't know I, what I the mean, I'll, I'll just re, I'll like, recap this as quickly as morons. Here, here's what happened. And I'll recap this as quickly as possible. Zeke Elliott was a rookie, so nobody trusted him. Right. We've Le'Veon, t- we've Le'Veon Le'Veon Bell I've heard, I've heard, I've heard this story already. Le'Veon Bell was coming off of a drug suspension. So nobody knew what he was doing. Yeah, so I got him at – I was the 11 pick, and I picked Zeke Elliott, and then with the 14, I picked up Le'Veon Bell, and that just basically won the whole league, league for me that year. That's what happened. So th- that that's that in a nutshell. That'll so, do it. Grasso, Grasso, you're going with Dale, I take it? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go with the – oh, 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 
the weak side werewolves again. Uh, he's going to keep rolling. He's got the gods on his side. The key to success is a uh, a watered down mimosa right now, and he's just not good. Just not good. I, I, I Keegan, I hate to tell you, I think it's going to be down to me and you, buddy. I, I really do. Oh, yeah, dropping that, it in there. Oh, that's a that's a hot take. It's a hot take right there. A moose again. Week week fifteen. Let's hope free. if it's if I don't if it, I digress slightly. If Moose Mayhem does not win week fifteen, they're in trouble. All right, alrighty. So we're going into the final two matchups that have the most playoff implications. We're going to start with the Vinzaloons and the Big X Bashers. Greg, what are we looking at? So Vinny, clear. Say it slow. This is there's a lot of fucking there's a lot numbers. of there's a lot there's of numbers. A lot of numbers. I don't know if anybody else smokes. Yeah, I've been, tr- I've been trying to take notes and I just, numbers. you know, OK, a lot of so, fucking numbers. so go slow. Like you're my seventh grade math teacher trying to teach me some shit because that was so before. Before I get to that, let's just thank Dale, Dale Comley and his department, the Department of Playoff uh, Scenario Solutions over at PFA, uh, his team. Did a phenomenal job coming up with all these. He update they updated the the numbers this week after the Pittsburgh game. So only about two hours ago, we we're able to get us fresh numbers. Uh, to date. Uh, so so we really like to thank them. So very simply, Vinny can clinch a first round bye with a win and a Grasso win, but again, he has to outscore Grasso by 125.2 points. So the likelihood that Vinny gets a bye very small, but he still could get that third place seed uh, moving into the playoffs. Now let's talk about Echo and the Big X Bashers, who this is where this is, you know, there's three teams hoping that he loses this week. So Big X can clinch a playoff berth with a win. He would then finish with seven wins. No one else can finish with seven wins. That's eligible for the wild card. uh, Echo wins. He is in. He can still make the playoff if he loses. If, even if I win, uh, or if I win, he has to outscore me by 105 points. If he loses and Ben wins, he has to outscore Ben by uh, 90 points. If, again, the Spencer somehow miraculously wins and miraculously you know, can overcome my points, Echo can't outscore him by 12 points. Um, so basically, Echo wins, he's in. If he loses, he does. he's not in. Let's be real. He's not going to score 100 more points than Ben or I. That's just very unlikely to happen. So, very simply, Echo wins. He's in. If he loses, he's ninety-nine percent out. All right. So that being said, looking at the matchup, this the average point scored for both teams is very close this year. But when you really look at it, it's buoyed by the fact that Kareem Hunt was the main running back for like eight weeks while Nick Chubb was injured, and Michael Thomas had Drew Brees throwing the ball to him. Neither of those things are happening anymore. There has been a huge drop-off in his players' productivity and ability to really get things done. So I don't really see a path for Echo winning this week so for those reasons, I, I mean, we know Vinny's team is great. I don't have to go down all his great players. So I'm just going to say it's going to be the Vinzaloons by a lot. Uh, Joe. Man, I'm just looking at Vinny's bench and just his bi week players. It's just, it's solid. It's, I don't know how the hell he pulls this off every year. I'm a little, I, don't, I can't believe I'm going with uh, the Vinzaloons this week, but I am a little salty about, you know, the Vinzaloons roster because uh, James Connor was sitting there second round or third round as I was coming around the turn. And uh, instead of James Connor, who did I pick up? 
George Kittle, who I had for two weeks. So, I mean, you know, Connor has not been great. Yeah. Well, he, he had a great start at least. Um, and that definitely would have helped me at least in the beginning when I, you know, had no running backs. Um, but still, uh, Greg's team. I mean, I think I said it at one point to one of you guys, the trade between him and Keegan might've made both their teams worse. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, the only bright spot. And I know echo is going to come back at me, but like, come on, Moose, that's not true. Uh, the echo. only bright, the only bright spot I see on his very, team. That was is, a very good echo. The only, uh, the, <laughs> thank you. The only bright spot I really see here is Aaron Jones. I mean, but it can't just be one guy. Like that's what I've been riding on for weeks and it didn't do me any good. So, um, yeah, once again, I got to go with the men's loons on this. All right, uh, Grasso. All right, so for me, uh, this game, Tyler Lockett is a very important piece of Vinny's team. And that Seattle offense is very hot, but it appears that like it's uh, often hot and cold. And Lockett was cold last week, so I think it's going to be hot next week. Um, I think Vinny has a team without Lockett, but I think Lockett's going to score probably 24.7 points next week. Um, and Vinny's going to roll. Uh, Vinny's got a great team, and he has a huge potential to win the Alba again for a fucking fourth time. Um, he's got a good team. Derrick Henry will carry... Uh, all of the Tennessee Titans, uh, Vinny's fantasy team, and the thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that have Derrick Henry as their running back. Vinny's all the way. All right, Doge. I think it's going to be closer than you guys think, and I think it's because Vinny has a lot of tough matchups. First of all, James Conner is on the COVID IR. There is a possibility he could be back to play against Washington, but Washington has a great run defense. He also has McKissick right now against Pittsburgh. He doesn't have a lot of options in the flex. I think this matchup comes down to a flex decision. Who is Vinny going to play in his flex? Who is Echo going to play in his flex? Right now he has Debo Samuel. You know, it could it be a Philip Lindsay play? Could it be a Mike Williams play? Who knows? I think Grasso hit it on the head, though. I think Derrick Henry is going to run all over the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to go with Vinny, but I think it's going to be closer than you think. All right. So it's another queen sweep. Not too many this week, only three. But we're going to move on to uh, probably the most contentious matchup because we're dealing with two people in the podcast right now. Before we get into it, uh, we're talking about the Broken Clock Corollary corollary versus the Wiener's Wean Dogs. Uh, Wiener himself will let us know what the playoff implications are. So Ben and I both have chances to make the playoffs, all with the understanding that Echel loses. So there's no way we make the playoffs if Echel wins. We've gone over this. So. So basically, whoever wins between Ben and I makes the playoffs if Echo loses and doesn't outscore us by a tremendous amount of points. That is the simplest way to put it. So again, Ben wins, I win, Echo loses, most likely will be in the playoffs at six and seven, which will be interesting as well, because there'll be a log jam at six and seven, particularly in our division. Um, the 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 uh, the power of breast division. Um it is very, very loaded this year. The worst team could finish five and eight, but or will finish five and eight. Um, 
but it's still Ben and I who are, you know, in our, in our power rankings are six and seven because our teams right. are strong. So, yeah. So going to speaking of the matchup uh, as I'm going to go first now the whole season, I have not picked my team, uh, but as I keep going over this matchup, I'm going to give you a, a few thoughts on, on what I'm looking at here. I'm going to say right out, I'm picking myself, which, which I don't normally do. So, First off, the Ravens are facing Dallas. If you look back at the past six years, every game the Ravens play after they play the Steelers, they come out angry because, especially if they lose, their defense comes out hungry and they have something to prove. They're at home against Dallas. I don't normally start with a defensive score, but they they are going to show something next week. Now let's move on to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Every time he's only happened twice or three times, and this is this is a rookie year. After he scores single digits, he has a big week the next week. Now, so I think that he's going to have a big week. Todd Gurley might be coming back, even if he's not coming back. There is a, a strong receiver core that I have on my team that I am confident in. Kenyon Drake has been one of my most consistent players since I've gotten him when he's healthy. And I haven't even talked about Deshaun Watson and Brandon Cooks. Granted, they're facing the Indianapolis Colts, which is one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. But with no Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks is going to get the lion's share of the targets there. And Deshaun Watson has been quietly one of the best quarterbacks in the league this year. And not to talk about Mr. Goggles himself, but the Blankenship usually follows up a really strong matchup with a weak matchup. So I'm going with the broken clock corollary. Uh, Joe, what do you think? Um... I agree with you on the Ravens defense. Uh, they could probably put up a 20 point week here. Um, are you still looking at T Higgins to start? He, he scored 15 points this week. He would have won the week for me if I started mm, in this week. That's true. And then I'd be in the playoffs. So who you pick? <laughs> um, aside from the fact that Doge will need a defense because both of his are on by, um, I don't know. I might have to lean towards uh, towards Greg this week. I mean, uh, a healthy Austin Eckler ran over the Bills last week. They're going to potentially destroy the New England Patriots as much as that pains uh, Greg to hear that. But, you know, he doesn't care. See? <laughs> um, All right, so same, you're going, you're going yeah. with the Doge. Yeah, this he's he's got some good – I mean, McLaurin against Pittsburgh, but might be the toughest matchup here just on first glance, but – I don't know. Okay. All right, Crasso, who are you picking? For fuck's sake, Joe. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, Guys, I'm I don't gonna see go, the chat. I'm I can't go, see just, this. Just read the fucking chat for one second, man. I'll go with the broken clock here. Um, I think he's got the good juju. I think this is really anyone's game. It's super close. But I want to go with the broken clock. Just because Wiener has had such bad luck this year. I'm sorry, Doge. It's not that you have a bad team. You got a great team. Eckler's coming back. He looks great. He looks saucy. Um, New England looks like they have figured out every offense they have played that has been aggressive. Uh, I'm going with the clock. All right, and Doge, wrap it up. Oh, you got your time, Ben. Give me mine. Oh, no, I'm, uh, I'm just saying. I'm just bring it home. <laughs> I, I don't mean to wrap it up. Bring it home, rather. <laughs> so... Wrap it up. So you went into your team. First of all, I have two players, my quarterback and my number one running back, who's finally back, Austin. It's great to see you here. Playing against New England, 
New England's defense, especially their pass de- or especially their run defense, has been porous. I'm very excited. As long as Justin Herbert is slinging it, particularly to Eckler, I think that'll be a huge game. Miles Sanders is going against Green Bay. Great matchup there. I do McLaurin right. I have a ter- I have a tough matchup there. I'm not sure what I'm doing at tight end yet. I think this becomes to my team picks itself. I really only have one decision to make, and it's do I start Justin Jefferson? Do I start Terry McLaurin? Or do I start possibly DeAndre Swift coming off of a concussion? Then you have a lot of possibilities besides Brandon Cooks. I don't know if your team really picks itself. Quite a CEH, quite a Talaire, has been off and on. Kenyon Drake splitting time there with, with Chase Edmonds. Uh, I think it's going to be tight. And God, I hope it's tight. And I think I'm going to win. The only way I'll be okay with losing this matchup is if I lose because Blankenship scores 30 points. Because I can respect a man who builds Legos when he gets gets the call that he won the kicking job. I can be okay with that. I do so, agree with you. It's going to be close. I'm picking us. I'm picking, I'm picking the Wieners Wien Dogs, and I'm just praying. I might sacrifice my own goat. I don't know. Oh, you're you're following the sacrifice rule of the Vinny, the Vinzaloons of the fantasy empire. Yeah. All right. Seems to work for them. So we're up against the clock. So thank you for the picks. Uh, thank you, Joe, for coming on and let us, uh, letting us excoriate you for a few minutes here. Uh, this has been a great podcast. This is our final regular season podcast before we move into the playoffs. So uh, great season, everybody, so far. Uh, for Joe's Moose Mayhem, for Greg and the Wieners Wien Dogs, for Chris and the Two Beers Too Deep and his cat, I'm saying win your week and good night and good luck. Smoke weed every day.